Briscoe Middle School about 1995. Maybe I'm in eighth. I think I was probably in eighth grade at this time. I'm sitting next to Ian Fullerton, who was one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. Um, this is, it was uh, computers were a new thing for schools to have. So we were. I was actually. I was probably in sitting in the first computer lab in Briscoe Middle School's history. And maybe the first computer lab in Beverly or something. You know, I was of the first generation of kids to be using a computer in a computer lab, I think. I mean, we had a computer in fourth grade, and it had that uh, Oregon Trail. I've learned recently I've been saying that wrong. Oregon Trail. Oregon. (laughs) So it was one computer... It might have been the only computer in the school. It was in Miss Chapman's class in fourth grade. Anyway, now I'm in eighth grade, I think it was. I'm at the computer. Ian's next to me on the computer. This woman comes over, and she starts helping me, quote-unquote. She's she's typing on my keyboard. But, you know, so I'm sitting down at the computer. She's behind me, and she's leaning forward and typing on my computer. Now... (laughs) This woman had enormous breasts. (laughs) She, (laughs) as she leaned forward, I had to lean forward to avoid being bludgeoned. (laughs) So I'm leaning forward, but she keeps going. She keeps going. And so, like... I remember it now as like, you know, my, my, I've turned my head, my cheek is on the keyboard and she's still going. She's like, she's putting her boobs on the back of my head. <clears throat> now, here's the thing about this memory. Can't remember what I thought at the time. At some point subsequent to that experience, I reflected on it and I'm quite sure that that woman was deliberately rubbing her breasts on the back of my head. <laughs> Is that funny? I don't know. It's actually it's it's very extremely inappropriate. Um I didn't walk around feeling violated or something, but maybe somebody else would have. Um <laughs> So I mentioned Ian was sitting next to me. That's kind of important because I might look back on this and think, well, maybe I'm remembering that wrong or something. Well, there's one there's one piece of, of that experience that confirms my my memory of it. And that is <laughs> I look over at Ian and as I am about to be asphyxiated in this woman's obese bosom (laughs) Ian is bright red he's like he's like a volcano about to explode but with laughter he's trying so hard not to laugh (laughs) you know it's one of those we're in 8th grade you know this stuff's really really funny to us at the time so so that happened I bring it up because you would never hear a story like that where the teacher was male and we would laugh about it. That that wouldn't be funny. And 
I think there's a really good reason for that. Men's sexuality is inherently invasive. It's funny how long I went through life without ever having explicitly noticed that. But, I mean, simply put, male sexuality has something to do with putting things in other people's bodies. There's many things that are really about policing what goes in our bodies. Paul Rosen, he's a psychologist. His focus, at least what he's known for, is the psychology of disgust. And Rosen argues that disgust is, it basically traces back to not wanting certain substances to enter our bodies, whether this is rotten food, whether this is other people's body fluids that may contain disease. He's really arguing more of an evolutionary psychology argument. The idea is this was the function of disgust. We're disgusted by things that have to do with things entering our bodies that we don't want in our bodies. I had a girlfriend when I was... I don't know, high school, I guess. Ninth, tenth grade. And she told me about something that happened to her. I'm going to actually call it the R word. I remember the first time I heard the R word. It was on TV where I heard it, but I think we're on vacation. My mom, my sister, and me. I think my sister's asleep. We're in a hotel room. My sister's asleep. Um, I'm awake, but I don't even know if my mom knows I'm awake. She's watching some. I think it was the show The Commish. <laughs> um, the first time I ever heard the R word was when my mom was watching TV one night. And I remember that. I'm not sure I knew what it meant, but I guess I must have had a feeling because I remember it. Must be two, three, four, five, maybe maybe even more years after that, my girlfriend tells me this story. And it really fucked me up. What's weird about this is there's this whole series of events that occurs after this. And I'm not sure anybody really... I don't think many people knew that this was... <laughs> wow. I think this was... uh. This was the the catalyst. This was the triggering event. I was just totally fucked up when I learned that. I started, uh, you know, not going to school. This is, I guess, 10th grade. There was even one day I walked out of the school. <laughs> this is interesting. I walked out of the school and went over to Market Basket. Market Basket gave you free coffee back then, I think. It must have been free. I don't have any money. I don't, you know, I don't remember if I was in trouble exactly, but, you know, I, 
I remember we were meeting with a school psychologist. My mom was there. One of the worst things that happened was I shared this story about that girlfriend. And, of course, the school psychologist is now using the R word. My mom's now using the, the R word. I despised them for that. There was an incredible article in The Atlantic, August 2019. It's called An Epidemic of Disbelief um, by Barbara Haggerty. There are 125,000 cases reported annually in the U.S. 49 out of 50 cases. In 49 out of 50 cases, the assailant goes free. I don't know if that means just of the reported cases or, or not. I don't really know... I don't really know what to make of it. Is this purely about this epidemic of disbelief, or is there something something trickier about this issue? The kits. This this blows your fucking mind. Tens of thousands of these kits. A woman would go to the police station, report what had happened. They'd use one of these kits. They'd get some DNA, and then they'd throw it in a warehouse and never never do anything with it. (laughs) That is insane. Why was that happening? Well, she's pretty clear. Um, The police didn't believe the victims. What the fuck would a woman go down to the police station for? Like, it's a gag? I don't understand. Uh... So, that's some heavy stuff. Well, this will be a real test of my my abilities here. Can I can I return to something lighthearted here? <laughs> yeah, I can. I can. I can do it. And you know why? It's actually Ian can do it. I'll tell you some Ian stories. All right. So, <laughs> Okay, here's an Ian story. Uh, the last time I saw Ian, um, so first off, so if you look back in your life and there's these different chapters, one of the best chapters of my life is hanging out with Ian. It was, it was middle school cause, um, things kind of changed with high school. It was like our group kind of expanded, um, and then it kind of fragmented and I don't know what happened at that point, but. Man, middle school, my group of friends back then was, um, you, you know what it makes me think of is that movie Stand By Me, one of my favorite movies, and because it is incredible to me how how effectively that film captures what it's like to be a 13-year-old boy. <laughs> I'm tempted to tell some Doug stories is what I really want here. Um, now that I think about it, man, I had the funniest group of friends. Let's go with Ian for a second. I brought him up. I, I said the last time I saw him, his mom was having him paint the house and it was uh, a shade of brown. So his arm is covered in the paint. (laughs) And he said, oh yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, I just stuck my arm in a pterodactyl's ass. That was how he described it. Let me tell a Doug story. <laughs> Doug. So this is um this is middle school. This is before all that stuff happened, you know? 
I remember we're at the library. Doug is up at the top of the steps, and he's yelling out to people, passers-by. He's yelling out as if he knows them, and he's <laughs> he's saying the weirdest names. This is the funniest part of it. Cubicle Bargowski. <laughs> Cubicle? Who the fuck is named Cubicle? He called someone else Whopper Fatsky another day. Oh my god, he was funny. I remember getting kicked out of the library. I remember the guy that kicked us out. And I remember years later reading that he had been fired because he had been doing something inappropriate in terms of his interactions with some young library patrons. It's weird. This is such a ubiquitous problem. I don't think we really know what to do about it. John Jones. John Jones. UFC light heavyweight champion. This guy is dangerous. <laughs> he, is, he is maybe the greatest fighter who's ever lived no one has ever beaten him one guy managed to defeat him via disqualification by getting elbowed in the face in just the right way or something like that but no actual losses he's rich he's famous there's um a video that just came out he got arrested what is today Today's March 28th, the Saturday, 2020. And I think it was probably Thursday this happened. He was arrested. He's found in his car. I'm not sure if he was alone or not. The story seemed a little conflicting. There's nobody else in the in the police footage video. This dude who's got it all, they find him in his car, half-empty bottle of vodka and a gun. And they show up to talk to him because someone called the police because they heard a gunshot. What the fuck is the guy doing? How is this related? Well, you know, we are more complex psychologically than we are able to grapple with. And our theories of mind, they're extraordinarily crude compared to the reality. No one who has anything to say about John Jones knows what they're talking about. They don't know what should be done to help him not get into that sort of trouble he gets into this trouble all the time by the way nobody knows he doesn't know certainly but it can't be that we just forever live with the sorts of um evil that men in particular inflict on the world